Welcome to this podcast from Central, Jesus at the Heart. More information is available from www.jesusattheheart.org. doing awesome. Why wouldn't you be? It's an amazing day. Um, so I grew up in church, um, which is, was good for me. Six foot two, uh, got quite tall. Um, don't worry, the jokes will get better. Um, but I grew up in church, and, and so I, I spent most Sundays, I was the one running around when you're trying to have a cup of tea or coffee and knocking it up into your face. That was me as a small child. Um, and, and I grew up in church, and, and as I got a little bit older, there was this frustration in me. And the frustration was that there, there seemed like a disconnection between, between this and, and this. A disconnection between this, what I read in the Bible, the things that happened there, and, and this is in the church. I felt like a disconnection between them. I don't know if you've ever felt that or wondered that. Because I read in the Bible, and it, it's so raw and radical and risky and adventurous, these people who put their faith, their life on the line for their faith. And then I came to church, and it was safe and nice and polite. And it felt like there was a disconnection between the two, because, because this is the guidebook for life, and this is the story of God's people. But I, it felt like church... Church wasn't like that. It felt different. And, and maybe you came here today and you thought that a Christian is someone who goes to church. Maybe that's what you think. And, and I wouldn't blame you for thinking that. But actually, the Bible itself gives very little care or attention to what happens when Christians gather. There's very little in here on, on the style of what happens here on the fact that it's a Sunday, on, on anything like that, there's very little attention given to it. In fact, if you read this Bible, your first thought would not be, quick, line up chairs in rows facing a big screen. It wouldn't. You wouldn't read this book and think, oh my goodness, quick, we need a preacher. It wouldn't be the case. See, I read this book, and, and the thing, the message that grabs me every time is we are on a mission that's what I get when I read this. I read this and I get, man, we're on a mission. I'm supposed to love God with all of my heart. I'm supposed to love God with everything I've got. And then I'm supposed to help other people love God as well. That's, what, that's the mission I get. That's what I get when I open up my Bible. We're on a mission. The church exists to, to be that mission. To be that mission, to, to love God and to help other people love God. And so when we gather to explain why we do this. When we gather, we only gather to encourage one another to be that mission. That's what we do this for. This is not an end in itself. No matter how nice or polite or safe it might feel sometimes. It's for that. I almost said the full Carl catchphrase. I will. This is for that. I love that Carl's line gets the amen. <laughs> The neck. But the truth is, I'm gutted about that. I'm bitter. Ugh. Resent you all for that. No. The truth is, 
It feels like a fringe show. This doesn't feel like a sermon, does it? It feels like a sort of amateur trying to do a fringe show. I'll try and rein it in a bit. Hold on. But, but over and over and over again, when I read in the Bible and what I see in my life is that people who meet with God get sent out. You know, if, if you meet with God and he doesn't challenge you in an outward direction, then you haven't met with God. If you meet with God, he sends you out. Over and over and over again. People meet with God and they're compelled outwards, sent out. This wonderful invitation to be a people on mission. The word mission is from the Latin word missio, which literally means sent. We are sent. God sends us. As God the Father sent Jesus himself, so God through Jesus, sends us, his people, into the world. We are the sent ones, which I like, because we are a church made up of lots of missional communities, pockets of people all over the city who are on this mission. And by that definition, it means we have lots and lots of sent communities. So we have communities that are sent to neighborhoods, communities that are sent to kind of social networks, get groups of people, people that are sent communities that are sent to schools and to to all kinds of different places all over the city. You can find out all about them. You can go out there and you can read about what's happening in them all. You can join one or you can start one. I'd go ahead and do that. It's great. See, and the reason why when people meet with God, they get sent outwards is because God ruins your consumer mentality. He absolutely ruins it. You know, you meet with God and suddenly it's not all about me anymore. You meet with God and it's about him and it's about everybody else. That's what happens when you meet with God. And so as a church, we are unashamedly passing on Jesus. That's, that's what we exist for. That's our mission. That's, that's what the church is. Loving God, helping other people to love God. And so we're in the middle of a series called Fire. Feast Frontiers. Sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? So far, I think we've had, what did we talk about week one? Fire. We had fire. We had the prodigal son. And then we had feast, which was talking about family and community, and we get to do this together. And now we're talking about frontiers, the people on mission, the sent ones. I told my mum on the phone yesterday afternoon, was doing our, we were doing our big shop around Asda, and I was speaking to my mum on the phone. And I said, I'm, I'm speaking on frontiers tomorrow, mum. And she said, front ears? <laughs> no, frontiers. That's what we're thinking about this morning. We're thinking about taking frontiers. We're a people of fire. We're full of God. We're a people of family. We're a people of feast. We gather and we do it together, not on our own. And we're a people of frontiers. We are a mission people little bit of history. We are here today because at some point, somewhere, somebody took a frontier. Like literally, that's that's how we're here. You know, Jesus wasn't born in Edinburgh. You know, he didn't didn't come from Scotland. He, He was way, way across the world from here. And yet somehow, in some way, the message of Jesus made it this far. How? Well, the how is that people took this idea 
you know, God loves me and he loves everyone else. And they began to share the message. And so what was first just for the Jewish people became for all people. And what was first just in small pockets in towns and villages became the entire Roman Empire. And in about the fifth century, some crazy monks got in their little boats and they sailed to Scotland. And they arrived and they stepped onto the shores and said, yes, this is our frontier. And they took it. They took it. Like, look around Edinburgh. Edinburgh is an incredible example of this. Look around Edinburgh. Look at the skyline. Churches everywhere. Everywhere. Because people brought this news of Jesus to this people. And it spread like wildfire. They took frontiers. And it spread. See, the the cross of Jesus is the single most identifiable symbol in the world. You know that? The cross of Jesus, closely followed, I think, by the McDonald's M arches. But number one is the cross of Jesus. People see a cross, you know vaguely what it means. It's religious, or it's, it's Jesus, or it's church, or it's something, right? There's that identification. How? Why? Because people took this message. People took frontiers. And they went to new places and helped new people to love God. Men and women, men and women like us, so moved by Jesus that they left everything. They got in boats, came to these shores to extend the mission. And, and today, we find ourselves in very interesting times. Do you know, um, I read recently that the, the definition of an unreached people group is any ethnic group or nation where less than 2% of the population are Christians. And by Christians, we mean people who go to church and consider themselves part of this mission. So by that estimation, believe it or not, Scotland is an unreached people group. Can you believe that? Scotland is an unreached... I first thought, I I thought of that and I thought, you know, like you might, that's really sad. And then I thought of a funny scenario that popped into my head. I imagined a group of African churches gathering together and saying, man, we really need to send a missions team to Scotland. But like, seriously. Like, we're, we're at a point now where, where the tide has turned, where we kind of think, well, we're benefactors for the world. But actually, more and more, you know, Scotland is an unreached people group. So it's not, it's not a time, in my opinion, to play it safe. A time to take, it's a time to take new ground. And I, I think it goes hand in hand with what I talked about earlier. Risky, adventurous, taking ground. I think the two go hand in hand. If we're going to be the kind of church, if we're going to be the kind of people that are going to push back frontiers, I think we need to reclaim something of the kind of church that did it first time round. If there's ever been a time for a frontier people, then now is the time. And, and you might disagree with me on this, and maybe this isn't your expectation or, or what you understand, but, but the church, believe it or not, is not a cozy club for Christians. It's a mission to the world. That's what it is. That's what it exists for. So with all that said, how then, how then do we live How then do we live? How do we live as frontier people? You know, we've got the fire and we've we've had the feast and we're ready and we're primed. So how do we take frontiers? 
What do we do? Well, there's, there's a man in the Bible called Joshua. And Joshua was given a commission, much like our own, to take new ground. His was, was geographical. He was told to cross over the Jordan River into a new land. And so if you've got a Bible, I'll get there. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. By the power of technology, it will appear on the screen behind me. And Joshua is basically Moses' sidekick. So Moses, who did the um, parting of the Red Sea stuff. Moses, who did the plagues in Egypt. Moses, who let my people go. That Moses. His sidekick is Joshua. And Moses has just died. And Joshua has been told by God, now I want you. Now you're going to be the captain of the people. You're going to lead this group into the promised land. They've been wandering in the desert, in the wilderness for years. And now it's time, God says, to cross the river and to walk from the desert into the promised land, into the land of plenty, to take that frontier. And so we're going to read from Joshua chapter 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let me pray for us. So Lord, we, um, we pray that you'd help us to see the frontier in front of us? Would you help us to see for ourselves the river that you want us to cross, the new land you want us to take, big or small? And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us in this time to see how we might be your people, how we might push back the darkness, take frontiers, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you be with us? Would you speak to us? Would you meet with us, we pray? More than just a man on a stage reading from a book, we pray for your spirit, your presence, your word to our hearts. Amen. Amen. First thing to say about this, I, um, I didn't have this in my notes. I read it at the 9.30 service. I read through the, what I just read to you guys. And it suddenly dawned on me that Joshua's Joshua's parent is called Nun. 
Isn't that ironic? I just, it made me really laugh. I almost lost control. Because his, his, his parent is called Nun. Isn't it ironic that Nun had a child? No? Am I the only one who thinks that a nun having a child is quite funny? <sighs> just me. Humor me. Just humor me. Just humor me. I'm almost done. Joshua is asked to cross the Jordan River. He knows that this is what God is telling him to do. But he needs to have the courage to take the steps to occupy the new place. So I, I guess... Critically, I, I wonder for you today, if I asked you, what, what is your boundary? What is your frontier to take? What has God got you on mission for? How you'd answer that? You know, what would you think of? What are the kind of things? I think, I think when I ask that, there are probably two groups of people. Those who, who right now, you know what your mission is. I know what it is. Maybe you could even name the frontier that you're on, big or small. You know that for you, crossing the Jordan right now is praying for a friend or loving your neighbor or telling someone all about Jesus. Or maybe it's faithfully serving others as part of a missional community. Maybe you're right in the midst of it. And, and for others of you, maybe you just don't know. Maybe you can't think of it. Maybe you can't think of the place or the people or the situation right now. Maybe you've never really seen it this way before. And so you're kind of, I don't know, I don't know what my frontier is. I don't know what boundary I'm being asked to cross. Well, I wonder if that's you, if you might ask yourself the question, what is my next step of faith? What's my next step of faith? Not what's the huge, vast frontier, the people or the place or whatever it is that I've been asked to do, but instead, very simply, what's your next step of faith? Can you picture it? Take a second. And for those of you who know what it is, you can name it. When name it in your head. Think of it. That's my frontier. You know, that's the mission God's got me on. That's what I'm here for. Hold those things in our heads. And we're going to get practical. We're going to think about well, what is God asking us to do? You know, what does it mean to take a frontier with that in mind? The first, most obvious principle, you heard it like three or four times at least, was to be strong and courageous. People who take frontiers are strong and courageous. Which reminded me of Gladiator when I read that. They greet each other and they grasp arms and say, strength and honor, strength and honor. That's how they greet one another. You guys laughing at my Maximus impression. Strength and honor. Father to a murdered son. Husband to a murdered wife. And I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Nobody's seen Gladiator? Yes. Yes. But they say it all the way through. And do you know what we say? Just by comparison. We say, take care, don't we? Don't we? So lovely to see you, darling. Take care. What about be strong and courageous? I think we should pick that up. Honestly. I think we should say, take risks. Not take care. Don't take care. Don't play it safe. Take risks. Be strong and courageous. Why wouldn't you be? See, because even when the promised land looks better than the desert behind us, it still takes courage to go. 
still takes courage to go. Even when God promises that every place we set our feet, he'll give to us. You still have to set your feet. Still got to go, right? Still got to be sent. And the truth is, the truth is that, that, that many of us, we know what to do. We know what to do. We just don't have the courage to do it. Ouch, right? And it doesn't give me any pleasure to say that. You know, I, and I, I guess as well, I've, I've preached this once already, and it feels like quite a hard message, quite a challenging message. And I guess I want you guys to know that I am absolutely for you. You know, and I, I say this because I love you and I love this church. But, but so many of us know what to do. We just don't have the courage to do it. The truth is, you can't gain if you won't go. You can't gain the line. Can you imagine Joshua just kind of hoping, willing, well, if I stay where I am, maybe the promised land will come to me. No. You've got to go if you're going to gain. You know, it takes courage, doesn't it, to walk across the room or to pick up the phone or to put your house up for sale. It takes courage. You know, being, actually being a public Christian is an act of going. You're taking a frontier. I spoke to a friend recently who was telling me that, I've heard this a few times, but it made me laugh. He said, I told my parents that I've become a Christian. I said, oh, what did your parents say? My parents said, what do you mean a Christian? We raised you a Christian. But that's so often the story. You know, it, when, you, when you put words to your faith, when you step out, when you say, actually, this is what God is doing in my life, it's a step of courage. It takes strength and courage. And for Joshua, for Joshua, there must have been so many nagging doubts. Now, what if the people don't follow me? What if we never get to the place we're going? What if the people don't listen to me? You know, and being, being on the frontier, being on God's mission, it costs of your time, of your energy, of your wallet. You guys, many of you will know this. I was talking with a friend about this. And and I'm growing in confidence in this as an idea. But the idea is, if you want to have more of God, then risk for God. If you want to be full of God, then adventure, then, then try and dare great things for God. And I'm growing in confidence in that as an idea. But with all that said, we can assume from the number of times that Joshua is told to be strong and courageous that he was feeling chicken, can't we? You know, you don't have to tell someone three times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be very strong and courageous. You don't need to tell someone that if they're like, let me at it, let me at it. You know, he's, he's nervous. We read at the very end, don't we? Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged. So we can assume that terror and discouragement was his experience. He's being asked, isn't he, to step out of Moses' shadow, to take new ground. Now, it's no wonder that he needs reassurance. He's only ever been second fiddle. Maybe he thought, Moses, you know, Moses, Moses is great. Moses is going to lead us the whole way in, and I'll be his sort of trusted lieutenant the whole way. No. And so I think it, it is normal for us, for a frontier people, for a people on mission, to feel overwhelmed and fearful. That's normal. 
Because you would, wouldn't you? If you take into account the cost, if you, if you have an accurate sense of your own inadequacy, if you, you, know, you face that sober realization that you're about to take on something much bigger than you can handle, am I up to it? Well, Joshua felt the same way. He didn't feel ready. You know, I'm not, I'm not the man. I'm not the guy who can lead these people, God. But when it comes to God's selection process, it is not survival of the fittest. It's not. You know, God doesn't have like a special ops team he calls in for secret operations. He uses normal, everyday, ordinary people. In fact, we read in these verses that everyone will cross over. Everyone. Everyone will take the new frontier. All the people will go. So if you don't feel up to it, as you picture in your mind's eyes, you think about that's the frontier, that's the next step of faith. As you picture that, if you feel inadequate, if you feel like you're not up to it, not me, God, well, that's how Joshua felt. That's what Joshua thought. The phrase, be strong and courageous, you know, you, can, you could read that and you could think, man, we, we all just need to be like Maximus. We all just need to be strength and honor. We just need to be really battle ready. We all need to be really competent and skilled to be able to do anything for God. Well, it can be translated that, that sort of idea, be strong and courageous, as take heart. Take heart. It's followed often, in, as we read it in this passage, by for I will be with you. Be strong and courageous, for I will be with you. Take heart, for I will be with you. Not be strong and courageous, muster up all your energy, try really hard, get some training, you know, learn how to be an expert, and then you can go and give it a shot at crossing the frontier. No. Take heart in me, for I will be with you, God says. That's where it's coming from, that's the source. I was reflecting on this and thinking about something that happened recently on my frontier. So I was, uh, my frontier um, currently, to give you a picture of it, is a community called Ox Gangs. It's about three miles from here and we're looking at starting a new church in that community. Um, out of nothing really. Out of thin air, out of a group of us meeting there, we're trying to start a church. Um, and that's my frontier and that's the mission that God has got me on right now. And I was there recently and I was on the streets in Ox Gangs praying. And that's quite a weird thing to do, isn't it? To be gathering on the streets, praying. And so local people kept looking into what we were doing and asking, what are you doing? You weird people, what are you doing? And a crowd attracts a crowd. So quickly, more and more people were gathering around. And then a man in his uniform, in his staff uniform, came out of Scotmid, came out of the Scotmid shop and came over to us and said, what are you doing here? I said, oh, we're, um, we're starting a new church and we're gathering and praying here. And he, he said, oh, don't bother here. Oh, people aren't good around here. Really not good people around here. You're wasting your time. Go start a church somewhere else. We're not religious. And walked off. And it made me so mad. It made me so mad. I was like, Argh! made me so angry. But it, it made me mad, not personally. I wasn't like, well, I'm trying hard here, buddy. Give me a break. You know, I wasn't annoyed for myself, honestly. I was annoyed for two reasons. Firstly, I was annoyed because he misunderstands who God is for. He's saying, we're not good people around here. We don't do church. God is not for good people. God is for all people. 
And, and the whole point, you know, the whole message of Jesus is that no matter how far you're gone, you can't be too far gone for God. And he, he, was, he misunderstood that, which is a common misunderstanding. But the second thing that he did is that he underestimated God. He really underestimated God. Oh no, not round here, buddy. No, no. We're, we're too far gone for that, he was assuming. It's nonsense, you know? I, I really strongly believe that nowhere is too far gone. No person is too far gone. You know, that community can and I believe will be transformed by the power of Jesus. It made me mad. And so I wish I'd said some stuff. And then I'm glad I didn't say some stuff. And he walked off. But, you know, take strength and courage. Take heart in him. Now, I wasn't offended for me because I'm trying to do some stuff or gather some people. I was offended for God because God can do it. He is where my strength comes from. He is what gives me courage. So we don't have to be warriors to have strength and courage. We just need to know that it's in him. It's in God. That's where courage comes from. First principle, be strong and courageous. Second principle, be faithful. Be faithful. Be careful to obey the law and don't turn from it to the right or to the left. Don't deviate from what you've been taught. Fix your eyes on the faithfulness and on the teaching of God. Don't lose sight of what you're doing, which seems like really good practical advice. You know, when you're on the frontier, when you're Joshua and you're crossing the Jordan, don't deviate to either side. Fix your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on my teaching, on my truth, and on my story, and keep walking forward. Be faithful. Don't deviate. And on the frontier, I need to hear that. Don't be distracted. If you're leading a missional community, so easy to be distracted. So easy. If you're trying to follow Jesus in a workplace, so easy to be distracted. I get distracted. You know, there are so often, so often there are so many things I'd rather do than make disciples. I don't know about you. So often there are so many things I'd rather do than make disciples. But that's what, that's what God's got me for. That's the mission I'm on. To love God and to help other people love God. And there's something significant about persevering. There's something especially significant about being faithful being patient, being gracious in an instant society. In a society which says now, right now, straight away, instant. The people of God are called to be faithful and to be single-minded in the task that God has called us to. To keep moving forward. To keep taking ground. I like this quote from Friedrich Nietzsche and it's the, the title of a Eugene Peterson book as well. The essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. There, thereby, thereby results, and has always resulted in the long run, something which has made life worth living. You know, if you want to live for something worth living for, it's going to take a long obedience in the same direction. Pursuing one thing without distraction. And I think more and more I'm inspired as I see that in our missional communities as a church. I hope you're encouraged to hear that, 
that I spend time with the leaders of the missional communities, the people who are leading the community things all over the city. And I'm, I'm inspired by their faithfulness, by their perseverance, by their, yes, I'm going to keep going, the long obedience in the same direction. I'm going to keep persevering on the frontier, even when it's hard. If we're going to take frontiers, after all, it's going to take faithful pioneers. Don't turn away. Imagine, imagine if Joshua had got halfway across and thought, promised lands ahead, deserts behind, but I'm not sure about keeping going. I think I'll just turn back. Can you imagine? And spoiler alert, he gets there and they cross it. They get there and God does this incredible thing and they move across and he leads the people and he can do it. And notice the role of the Bible in being faithful. If you want to be faithful, listen to this. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Use the Bible. That's what it says. Particularly, he's being told to fix his eyes on the law, which is the first five books of the Bible, which Moses held. The Bible gives perspective, and it gives solace, and it gives encouragement, and it gives hope, and it gives purpose, and it points us to Jesus. And it's, it's literally, this is like a frontier guidebook. If you want to know how to live on the frontier, if you want to know how to live on mission with God, if you want to grow in love for God and love for people, can't recommend it highly enough. That's what it's saying. Hold the scriptures in your mouth which means speak them out, share the Bible together, be heard, share it. Hold the scriptures in your mind, think about them, put them in your head, read them through your eyes, think about them. And hold the scriptures in your will, which means talk about it, think about it, and do it, act on it. Let the Bible guide your ways, let it turn you Godwards. Second principle, be faithful. Third principle, final principle. So frontier people, know that it's all God's doing. We have courage to go, yes. We're faithful in the journey, but we know that it's all his doing. And I haven't been rumbled for this yet, but every time I get the chance to preach, I do the same thing. I go, yeah, we should do this really cool stuff, but ultimately, it's all his doing. Ultimately, Jesus is better. Ultimately, he's the one. Ultimately, he brings it. You know, we can be as strong and courageous and as faithful as anybody else, more than anybody else, but unless he does it, it won't happen. You know, the, the whole point of being on mission with God is that he puts us up against stuff that we can only accomplish with him. If you can do it on your own, then it, you know, do it on your own. God gives the frontier into Joshua's hands. God tells him, would you cross over into the land I am about to give to you? He's not told, get your, get your soldiers ready, get your armor on, cross the river and get ready for a fight. He's told just to walk. Just walk. Walk into the land that I am going to give to you. And so often, so often we make it all about my strength. 
or my courage or my single-mindedness. You know, if, if God comes to me and says, I want you to lead my people across the Jordan, I think, great, I'm going to start building a bridge. That's what I think. I think, great, I'm going to make it happen. If, we get, if we're busy enough, if we're excited enough, if we're passionate enough, if we have courage and faithfulness, then it'll work for us. No. They cross the river because God makes a way. God parts it. God opens it up for them. It's impossible without God. We need the courage to go for it, but the humility to let him do it. I wonder, again, picture that frontier. Picture the mission of God in front of you. Picture your next step of faith. What does it look like to have the courage to go for it, but the humility to let him do it? Because Joshua's success does not come from his military might or his strategic mind. It comes from his dependence upon God. He knows his role. And another quote, this is from George MacDonald. He said that in whatever man does without God, he fails miserably or succeeds more miserably. Whatever man does without God, whatever man does without God, he fails miserably or succeeds more miserably. That's the one I'm guilty of. You know, more than any of these others, that's the one I need to hear most for myself because, because I'm proud. And because I'm like, yeah, I am pumped up, you know? I come out of church most weeks and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to storm the castle. I'll do it. But I need to hear, stop, slow down. And whatever man does without God, he fails miserably or succeeds more miserably. Do it with God. See, I, I don't want to be... I don't want to be someone who's remembered as having great competency. Oh, that thing about him, he was really competent. He really knew how to muster it up and do it on his own. No. We want to be remembered as people of great faith, not of great competency and skill and strategy. As we take frontiers, we hold in mind that it's all him. Do you know our, our greatest capacity? Our greatest capacity is to receive from Him. Do you know that? I need to hear that, man. Our greatest capacity is to receive from Him. It's just to receive the things that He would give, the things that He would say, the things that He would do if we just receive them. And as we take frontiers, we hold in mind that it's all Him. And He's with us. He's with us. This is huge. So often we just don't, we lose sight of this. Your God will be with you wherever you go. I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It echoes this, a commission that Jesus makes. Later in the story of God's people, Jesus has been resurrected. He rises from the dead and he stands with his followers and he says, I want you to do the things that I've done. I want you to go and make disciples, teaching people to obey the commands that I've given to you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And we lose sight of that, I think. We lose sight that he's with us. We think, at least I think, I'm going to go and do this thing, and I go and do this thing, and then I come back and say, God, I did that thing. And I forget in the midst of it that he's with me, with my family, in my workplace, on the frontier, crossing over. He is with us. 
You know, how would we live? How would we live if we knew that every minute of every day, Jesus was always with us? Not just sometimes with us, or intermittently with us, or in us, with us in our best moments, but right beside us, right next to us. Not just, not just right now in church, but all the time. God is with us. Wouldn't that give us strength and courage? Knowing that. You know, knowing his presence in the midst of it. Wouldn't that help us to be faithful, to keep going? And finally, we follow a frontier God. We follow a frontier God. In other words, God isn't asking us to do something that he hasn't already done himself. Jesus, who is God, stepped from heaven into his creation. He was the sent one of God. And he he not only was sent into creation, but he, he humbled himself to such a lowly position. And then he lived this human life, this incredible life. He taught, he did miracles, he was amazing, he loved people. And then he died. God pushed the frontier all the way back to death itself through Jesus. He came and he did all of that. Our frontier, God, Jesus was the first missionary. And Jesus took upon himself the cross. He chose it. I will take, this is my frontier, the cross. And he says to those who will follow him, take up your cross and follow me. And so whatever frontier we're on, whatever boundary we're there to cross, whatever we feel like God has got us for, whatever our next step of faith is, he goes before us. He's already done it. He is with us. He promises it. He he literally says, everywhere you set your feet, I will give into your hands. Just set your foot there and it's yours because of him. That's what he's saying. So take frontiers. Be my people. Push back frontiers. He calls us to follow him and he promises to be with us. Should we pray together? Why don't we stand if you're able? Let's pray together. So Lord, we receive from you, recognizing our our greatest capacity is to receive from you. So often, Lord, we can feel like our, our hands are empty, that we have so little to bring, that you wouldn't choose people like us that were inadequate, that were disqualified. Thank you, Lord, that you do. You choose us, people like me. And you call us to your mission. And I pray, Lord, that you just give us each a a greater sense, a greater confidence, a greater conviction in the frontier that you've called us to. In that next step of faith, whatever that next step of faith is. And Lord, so often we know the right thing to do, but don't have the courage to do it. And so, Lord, we choose to take heart from you, in you, because of you, through you. 
We're inspired by Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you'd give us encouragement, strength. Lord, we want to be people who know your presence every minute of every day. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to know that that you were telling the truth when you said, surely you'd be with us always, always to the very end of the age. And so, Lord, we, we receive from you. Would you give us all that we need for the frontier you're calling us to take? And in a nation where the frontier has been pushed so far back, would you help us, Lord? Would you help us to, to step out into all that you have for us? Would you raise up people with renewed boldness and courage to be your people, to take risks, to step into adventure? to move outside of this building, outside of the church, and to take ground for you, Lord. In our families and with our friends and in communities and on our street and with our neighbors, in every sphere and every, every part of society, Lord. Thank you that you promised to be with us. Amen. Amen.